who's ready for some new podcast goodness from your homie Don. It's time for the end of the week Don's Pinball Podcast episode for you. This is number 51. We're on the back half of 50, ladies and gentlemen. And boy, do I have a show coming up for you. We're going to talk about CGC production. We're going to talk about Stern production. We're going to talk about Haggis production? Is that a contradiction in terms? Maybe in Australia. Who knows? We got all that and more. There's an exciting live stream coming up soon in just minutes away. Pausing for the drop as we do. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Friday Don's Pinball Podcast. Back in your ears. Episode number 51. Hopefully this uh, week is going great for you. Hopefully y'all dug episode 50. That was fantastic. Put together that cool little intro. Really happy for all the shout-outs that I got. And I'm sorry, Albert. I didn't dig through hours and hours of footage to get to you, and I should have. So, Mr. Albert Algar from the, uh, the, the Coffee Northwest Northeast. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him plenty of mentions because I don't want him feeling neglected because he is crucial to me. Albert Agar. Sorry, I messed up your name, buddy. Anyway, let's get into Chicago Gaming Company. I'm not going to start with Stern this time. No, no, no. The other company from Chicago. Well, the other, other, other company from Chicago. Regardless, CGC. These guys make pinball machines eventually. <laughs> and I say that only because, man, imagine if you were early in on uh, Cactus Canyon and you're still waiting and you haven't got your game yet and you've seen Foo Fighters come out and Godfather's over there doing its thing and GTF is driving around and then whatever, whatever. They make games. They make uh, rehash games so far from what we've been seeing. But these are the guys, uh, factory and guys and gals, that are going to be producing Play Mechanics Pulp Fiction that we are waiting for. I'm waiting for now. I'm in line for one now. I'm in on an SE just because I played it at Interium, finally got my hands on it, and dang it, I'm going to play it. Man, I love that sound the game makes when you get in that saucer, that little burp, 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 burp. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I want to do that like a lot. So, Mr. Jason Knapp, our patron saint of news drops. Man, he's been in overdrive lately. So happy we are to have him. Uh, he went out and gave us a production schedule for CGC. So when is Pulp Fiction going into production? Well, here is the well, the rumor or the report from Nap Arcade is that October is the start date. Now I kind of we had been hearing Q three, Q four, and that is right at the beginning of Q four. There, October, October, November, December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going to get Q4 production and uh, they're going to start with uh, dealers as the or dealers with location providers, operators, which they should, you know, get the game out there on location. Uh, they'll be running the standard editions with the special coin door with the dollar bill acceptor, not the cool Chrome one that comes with the SE and the LE that I'm expecting. But apparently they're going to be starting in October is what the schedule is reported to be. And the operators will be able to get their operation machines around then. Following that, there'll be some production with the SEs, and he seemed to characterize it that they'd sort of be taking their time with this first batch just to get everything you know worked out as far as the production. That's fine. So I may be getting it sometime in October, November, uh, but then following that, the LEs will go into production, and they'll probably burn through all thousand of those before they head back into the SEs. And you know the LEs did sell out, so there'll be a thousand of them produced with that topper. I wonder if that'll affect production. Any Well, anyway, once they get the LEs done, then the SEs will then go into production, and that's probably when I'll get mine. And I'm kind of optimistically thinking January is when I'll get this game. A little after Christmas present, right? Something to play while I'm waiting through the after Christmas sales. So that's the Pulp Fiction update from CGC. 
But it still begs the question, like, if they're running this game, does that mean that all the Cactus Canyons will, between now and then, will be complete? I don't know. This is like, this is the Wonka company. I don't hear any information out officially from them. I don't see factory tours. I don't have production updates like we get with Stern. Uh, we don't even get, you know, production videos like Jersey Jack puts out. They're kind of like a little bit more secretive than American Pinball is as far as like where the information is. So CGC, if you're out there and you want to reach out and get some exposure, just contact me, Don's Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. I'm dying for some production updates or to see kind of lift the veil into the process at Chicago Gaming Company. Heck, I'm local. I'll even come down there to Chicago if that makes it easier. I just want to understand the process. And, you know, uh, is this all one production facility and you're going to shift between Cactus Canyons and and uh, and the Pulp Fictions? Are, are there two assembly lines? Do we even know? Somebody give me some information because I'm dying to know and understand the process here. But, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Now... Also rumored to be coming out, this Twilight Zone remake. This has been floating around forever. We still don't know who's making it. But uh, there was an interesting take that I heard from somebody that owns a Twilight Zone. Because this game is so strongly rumored to be remade, and because you know it is somewhat desirable currently, if you've got a Twilight Zone, is it worthwhile to go ahead and list your Twilight Zone for sale now? Where it would command, you know, more of a higher price. I didn't check pin side before I jumped on to see where the market price is on Twilight Zone right now. But the idea would be get your premium price by selling your game now. And then if you really want it, rebuy a brand new one cheaper later. And then maybe make some money on kind of a short sale kind of kind of deal. Almost like a stock brokerage kind of, kind of thing, right? Where you... Uh, you know, buy a stock that you think is going to go down in price. You sell it right away. You sit on that money, and then when it drops, you buy it back and then return it. Um, a short sale. That's a short sale, right? Um, you know, uh, the similar thing could be said, though, and this also occurred to me, with Stranger Things. Like, if you're sitting on a Stranger Things right now, that thing's gold, right? You're guaranteed to get more money than you paid for that thing. Uh, there are premiums. There's not a lot. The, currently, there's, I think, two premiums on Pinside. One popped up and sold uh, and was marked pending, like, like today uh, for $15,000 for a lightly modded stranger things home use. There's another stranger things that was posted, however, and it has those cool mods in the back. I don't know if it was medicinal or, or mesel mods that made that, uh, that, that the catwalk covered with the, uh, the blood and, and like that portal in the back. The one that Zach many on flipping out really kind of went through on straight down the middle. Anyway, it's got that, the UV light kit, the shooter rod, the topper, everything you would want listed for $17,500 or best offer. So if I was sitting on a machine like that, I would be tempted to, with the rumors of the the potential of Stern rerunning Stranger Things, right? So, you know, would you go ahead and sell that game now at this, I just, the market is as high as it's ever been for Stranger Things. I've been following this because I still want one. Um, So would you sell it now? And then when Stern does rerun this, hopefully in the next year, if it does happen, go ahead and buy yourself another one or, you know, just let it go now. Because for sure, if Stern starts churning out premiums off the line at $10,000, similar to uh, Elvira House of Horrors premium, you know, ten five even, uh, that market's going to drop for your, your home use only Stranger Things from the original runs that you're holding on to. So I guess that's the market speculation. Like, what would you do? You know, how much do you really want to have this game versus having $16,000 at least in your pocket, right? There's one LE listed for sale right now for 19005 So, I mean, just absolutely top of the pay scale. Now, two years ago, that would seem absolutely astronomical, right? $19,000 for an LE, seventeen five dollars for a heavily loaded topper shooter rotted 
UV'd out Stranger Things. But if we're being honest, with a uh, Godfather CE for $15,000, you're not that far off paying seventeen five for a premium Stranger Things that has a projector, that has theme integration, that has clips from the movie, that has a, a custom shooter raw that's better than a horse head, uh, you know, that has a topper that, okay, it doesn't have the double knockers in it. But you see what I mean? Like, in today's market, through today's lens, uh, looking at a $15,000 Toy Story 4 versus $17,000 for heavily modded loaded stranger things i mean i'm not that far off of it i think if i had a game to trade in plus eight grand cash i'd be tempted to even go on that now that's how crazy the market is right now but then what do you do what do you do if stern does rerun this you know there's like kind of 70 percent speculation that it could be happening and you know it's more than just me saying this so i don't know you know nothing's for sure in this hobby but i would like to speculate as that is kind of my thing that i do here so what if Stern approached Stranger Things the way they approached Elvira or with uh, uh, Batman SLE and came out with an SLE version of Stranger Things? Given that these games on the used market, except you know, as, as far as premium and, and LE tier, are going for like greater than you know fifteen thousand or greater, so an SLE release of Stranger Things premium right with like some super le armor and maybe they come out and it's like the the season three and four you know maybe when they renew the contract they renew it for those seasons and this is like the season three or four sle of stranger things are you getting excited i mean how cool would that be how much would that cost twenty twenty five thousand dollars we already know the answer to that would people go in on it how many would they make more than 90 or 80 that that batman sle had would they do a thousand run of SLEs of Stranger Things if they could get twenty thousand dollars for it? Let's. Mm, I don't know. What would they have to include? They'd have to. They'd have to fully mod the thing out. Um, or you know, would they then do like the premium run, like they've been doing with Elvira House of Horrors, where that premium uh, runs for ten five? Uh, it would have to come with a projector, man. I, I want a Stranger Things with a projector. These are the kind of thoughts that have been going through my head. All right, let's talk about Stern since we're on Stern. So Stern, it's Factory Friday. They had their video. And what is on the line? Godzilla Premium is on the line. Is that That's it. They weren't running two games like they have in the last few weeks. And, you know, I've got the topper now uh, for Godzilla. I've had it for a few days. I've been playing the heck of that King of Monsters mode, and I am enthralled with it. So I've had Godzilla now. It's, it's got to be a year. Um, you know, and I've been, I've, I've played the heck out of it, man. It's got to have 800 plays on it. And so, you know, it's a game that I've kind of moved away from and I didn't play it as much, but now with the topper, that King of Monsters mode, I'm right back in it. And I'm as good as I've ever been with Godzilla, man. Um, I got down through that King of Monsters mode and got to the final shot before time ran out once I got, I got an 800 million point score. It, it's exhilarating. It's fun to jump in and it's like boss rush mode, right? And then to complete that and then move on to the next thing. Ah, I love it. It's great. Even with 10 balls in the game, I'd never get to that wizard mode otherwise. So having that top integration, man, I'm digging it. Is it worth $1,000 on my live stream I just had? I, I said no. But at the same time, if somebody offered me $1,000 for my topper right now, I wouldn't sell it to them. So I, I guess, I don't know. Uh, you know, it is what it is, but uh, having that mode, that's fun for me, and it's brought me right back into Godzilla mode. And, you know, like everybody else, I've been enthralled with Foo Fighters as well, because it's a fantastic game. Um, and, you know, I was like, man, is this actually better than Godzilla, right? Which is just the best kind of compliment you could give that game to even, like, consider in the same space with Godzilla, as earth-shattering as it is. 
But man, Godzilla's the goat. Now that I'm back on there, now that I got that topper, I'm watching the plume explode. I'm playing King of Monsters mode. It's 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 the goat for me, man. I got to give the nod to Godzilla, but no knock against Foo Fighters. That Foo Fighter code is early, though. I mean, you know, Godzilla's game complete. It's got its topper. It's got its accessories. I mean, it's here. You know, we might see a few more things, some bug fixes come out, but I'm not anticipating a huge leaping code uh, like we have with uh, Foo Fighters that we're expecting. Foo Fighters isn't at the 1.0 level yet, so. There's a lot of room for Foo Fighters to grow. There's a lot more call-outs for the cities that I'm expecting to get. So, you know, right now I'd say for sure Godzilla Goat, Foo Fighters, fantastic. But Foo Fighters has a lot of room to grow and improve. Godzilla kind of is where it is. So what an exciting time to be in pinball, right? Um, speaking of which, there's been some other openings in the Stern production schedule. Uh, I kind of, I think I hit this before on some live streams, but not on official episodes. So let's talk about that right now. There's been this hole in, in the schedule all year, right? We, we knew there was that hole for, uh, for what became Foo Fighters production back in March, and we knew there was another hole in the production schedule for September, kind of September going into October, and that was going to be for the next cornerstone that we were expecting, right? Stern has been producing at least two a year, and so that would be the second one. Uh, Venom has been the long-standing rumor since, like, last year. Foo Fighters, I thought that was going to be Venom. I thought it was going to be Venom when it was Bond. So, you know, this is that Venom spot, we'll call it. Who knows what game's actually going to come out there. Um, but that's the Venom spot. But another production hole opened in December recently, um, you know, from the, the distributors that have been willing to share the Stern production schedules. And so... Um, they were scheduled to run uh, like Star Wars Premium and I think Deadpool's or something in December, which would make sense leading up into Christmas, right? Because you know the, the perennial titles would be great for Christmas presents. So for them to open up that space, got to be for something. Now, so the idea was, you know, okay, Venom will be coming next, and then there'll be a, a Tron Vault or whatever it is in December. But what if? And this is all kind of spurring from that crazy Reddit post that showed up the other day that the next game wasn't Venom, but this guy wasn't going to say what it is. Whatever. Um, so maybe uh, Venom will be in December, and there'll be some other game coming up in that in that window. Who knows? This is all speculation. I know that we're gonna see in three weeks' time uh, San Diego Comic Con competition <laughs> comic convention and there's going to be something from stern there so who know, they might this might be the rumored 30th anniversary of jurassic park with all the movie clips i know there's wild rumors running rampant and that just speaks to the level of excitement that is in this industry for now surrounding uh stern pinball do i have anything else to talk about stern uh a little bit the um marco specialties uh, provider of fine pinball accoutrement to everybody uh, does a podcast uh, with one of their pin techs, right? And they just did one. Uh, Moto was on there, but so was Jack Danger, and he was showcasing Foo Fighters, and it was just going through a lot of like the development process of it, showing the CAD files, um, kind of showing like some innovations, how they solve some problems, how the uh, stand-up targets that are on the upper play field of the premium LE are actually inverted and come down from the top in order to give space underneath the the, the upper play field, whatever. Fascinating stuff. What was also fascinating is they did some giveaways. They gave away a hat, they gave away a banner, and they gave away a tool bag. And guess which tool bag won the tool bag? Burr, burr. <laughs> it was me. A model spun the wheel, and she got it on me. And so I'm getting a Marco Specialty tool bag. How fantastic is that? I decided right then that I was going to go ahead and return the favor. So in just a few minutes, after I upload this episode, I'm doing a live stream tonight, and I'm going to give away one of my random t-shirts to somebody that commented in the 50th episode thread on Facebook. So what a great time to be following Don's Pinball Podcast on Facebook and leaving your comments and your feedback, because uh, I want to make this kind of a regular thing. I'll 
find stuff to give away. I have an old microwave I'm not using. Someone could use that, right? <laughs> Yuck, right? No, I'll, I'll stick with t-shirts and stickers and things, but this is going to be fun. I'm going to do a live stream in a little bit, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about my tool bag, man. I'm going to switch over all my nut drivers uh, and my new screwdrivers. I'm going to put them in this Marco bag as soon as that shows up. So thank you, Marco Specialties, uh, for you know in, indulging us and giving us stuff, man. Who doesn't like free stuff? I know I like free stuff. What else do I like? I like pinball. What else do I kind of like? Australia, I guess. How are those connected? Home pin. No, we're not going to talk about home pin because nobody cares. Let's talk about haggis pinball. These guys, these guys down under, they released a little teaser trailer (laughs) for their next game. It was like a little splash animation of their logo, uh, followed by some sounds. Okay, there were pinball, or not pinball, billiards sounds, right? Like pool balls knocking around. I think there was some voices in the background. And then there was like some motorcycles. So it's got everybody speculating now. So the... These guys are supposed to be doing a series of five games, and you can put down a deposit for their next five games right now if, like, you know, you hate money or something. Um, but when they're finished with Fathom, they're going to have another game is the gist here. And it's long been rumored to be Centaur, right? That half monster, half motorcycle. There's some blades. There's a girl. It's got this black and white uh, kind of color spectrum, uh, old 70s game. Kind of fun to play and visually Quite striking, I must say. So this would be right up the alley with Haggis. This is what everybody thinks is coming next. But it didn't explain the billiard sound. So what the heck is with that? Are they doing 8-Ball Deluxe? Maybe. I would much rather do Sharky Shootout. That doesn't seem to be in their wheelhouse, though. So who knows? That's about all I have with Haggis. Now, are they coming up to being done with their Fathoms? I don't know. I don't know how much they're still left waiting out there. I know it's been slow going for these guys, and they haven't been very transparent. So it's one thing to be slow going, you know. Chicago Gaming Company, also slow going. Um, you know, but, but they at least are, are churning out their games. I don't know if they're really speaking with customers, though. Haggis for sure isn't very transparent and and I think that's been a problem so take your time if you're going to you know if you're going to make sure you have a good product but communicate with the the customers please let us know what's going on you know do a weekly live stream be like you know what you know we're strapped for this one part you know or this handful of parts is holding us up this is what we're doing to make them here's all of our games that we have mostly built we're just waiting for this and then you know they'll be going out or we have a shipment of 50 games that are going to the United States we're just waiting for the shipping container to be full and then we'll ship the whole thing out if you want to get it early we can air freight it to you or something give us something here you know do a live stream like marco specialties and give us a t-shirt haggis well because you know the thing you know if we're just left to stew uh, amongst ourselves and think about this uh you know it could be that maybe they're hurting for money and so they have to take pre-order deposits for their next game to fund completion of their first game and that would be a really terrible place to be into for us to just find out about or even be speculating about so haggis Email Don's Pinball Podcast at gmail.com and let's coordinate. Come on, let's talk about pinball and production and what you guys are doing. You know, we just want everybody to succeed here. You make a beautiful product. I mean, I've, I've played the Fathom Revisited at, at Expo. The thing is striking. Um, you know, it's not really, you know, for my play style, so I don't put one in here, but I know people love this aesthetic enough to get these games. So, you know, and Centaur is a beautiful ass game. I mean, if I went to someone's house and they had it, you know, I, I, I'd commend them for it. It, it. it brightens up anybody's game room, I would think. So what are we going to see from them? When are they going to reveal it? Who the heck knows? Um, what else do we have? Oh, Mr. Jason Knapp, right again, today dropped uh, another theme rumor. Uh, there's a huge, like, like 
like Battleship Colossus huge uh, movie theme from Universal Pictures or from the Universal cadre of licenses that apparently has been licensed for pinball. And it's Fast and Furious. And it's one that Don's Pinball Podcast has been mentioning as a great theme. You know, what I do, I look around and see where themes tend to work in the themed entertainment space. And uh, since I frequent theme parks, it's a great place to do it. Walk around a Universal Park and you'll see all kinds of themes that would be perfect or have already been made into successful pinball franchises. From Jurassic Park to Transformers. Um, you can turn around and there's Mummy, there's Minions. Um, Nintendo is down there. That's been games before. Any of these would make good themes. Jaws is a Universal theme. Jaws still exists at a couple of the Universal Parks in Osaka and also in Hollywood. So, you know, they're there. Fast and Furious is right there in front of you. I mean, you know, this isn't a theme that I personally love. I don't think I haven't seen any of the films, but I've seen enough of them to kind of get the gist. It's all about family that, you know, the voice of Groot talking about family and wearing wife beaters. Well, you know, also Dwayne, the rock Johnson sprinkled in there just because. So, um, there are already, uh, theme park attractions based on fast and furious and they're popular, even though they're so kooky and weird, there's a brand new roller coaster still rumored, but there's details being released about this uh, multiple launch fast and furious roller coaster going to universal studios hollywood so i think this is a theme that's ripe for it and i think a pinball machine based on fast and furious would sell fast and furious i mean crickets all right so you know whether it's hobbs and shaw whether rocks involved or not this thing would sell this is a, a game that any operator would love to have in their arcade because it's a theme that's instantly recognizable cars are a great theme uh for to get people excited people love cars and racing um there's been a lot of car racing pinball machines it fits the fast and furious activity of pinball the only thing is can we get steve ritchie in on this thing to make you know, like a really fast playing fun game with a lot of ramps and and maybe uh you know magnetic launch loops and things uh so that's what came out today confirmation what and and i think it's a great choice who's building it who the heck knows but we're gonna find out all that and more and now uh regarding home pin i'm just gonna skip it don's pinball podcast is in effect i'm having a great time having interaction with everybody i'll be giving away a t-shirt coming up soon there'll be a live stream be sure to check it out otherwise uh have yourselves a great evening get yourself a slice of pizza maybe some pasta watch some tv go play some pinball y'all the godzilla topper certified fresh from don's pinball podcast later everybody